0: This is Blaze Allison Kearsley with another How I Learn series podcast episode. This story is from Erin Barker, who is the co-host of The Story Collider, and she's also a Moth Story Slam champion, Um, and she told a story um, for the show, How I Learned to Chill the Fuck Out about a lot of things. It's a great story. I hope you enjoy it. For years, when I was a teenager, I was known in the community where I grew up as the girl who tried to burn her house down and kill her whole family while they were sleeping in their beds. Which I always felt was really unfair. And I think maybe after you hear me out, you'll agree with me. So, when I was in junior high, my mom left, and for a while it was just me and my dad and my brother. And after we got past all those, you know, terrible feelings of abandonment, It was awesome. It was the best ever Um, because my mom leaving meant she took like a lot of our family income so my dad had to let go of our nanny, which meant a few things. First of all, it meant that we had pizza every day for dinner because she had usually cooked our meals and now that my dad was in charge, it was all pizza all the time. And the other thing it meant was that every day after school, I had a coveted hour of alone time in the house until my brother came home on the elementary school bus. I would spend this hour almost exclusively playing air guitar to my Naked Ladies CD. <laughs> and when my brother came home, he and I would walk our retriever Samuel around the neighborhood, and then we'd eat Oreos and watch Pokemon for a while. And then I'd go on the computer and post my song interpretations to the Naked Ladies message board. <laughs> and then my dad would come home and we would eat pizza. And it was like my perfect day every day. And then on Friday, we'd build a fort out of sofa cushions and blankets in the living room. And we'd sit in our fort and watch TGIF and eat pizza until we fell asleep. And I honestly still remember it to this day as one of the best times of my life. Which makes me feel really horrible sometimes because I know it was like the worst time of my dad's. He never acted overtly sad, but there were times when I could just see in his eyes how lonely he was. But all of that changed the night of my school play. After my play, one of the members of our illustrious cast, uh, Bethany, came up to me with her mother. Now This wasn't weird because Bethany was the type of person who would be best friends with her mother. But what was weird about it was what they said to me which was, is your dad single? <laughs> I think back to this moment a lot and wonder how my life would be different if I'd said no. But I think at the time I just thought it was kind of hilarious. You know, I knew like intellectually that my dad was kind of a catch because, you know, he had a good job and he was handsome and kind of like a mustachey Tom Selleck kind of way and <laughs> He understood the finer points of Boy Meets World and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which is very important in a dad. But I didn't think that, I couldn't really imagine him ever actually going on a date. He just seemed kind of too serious for that kind of foolishness. But he actually, he did start dating this woman whose name was Becky. And all of a sudden, she and her two stupid kids were (laughs) crashing our party constantly. Uh, She had two kids, Bethany, who I already mentioned, and Robbie. Bethany was the same age as me, and she was the Jesus freak to end all Jesus freaks. I was in the youth group and went to church every Sunday, and even I was kind of like, all right, let's cool it a little on the Jesus, Bethany. She was in an all-female Christian barbershop quartet called Voices of Praise and they all had matching sweaters that said voices of praise and matching scrunchies that they would wear to school. She was not very well liked at school. (laughs) Very often, my classmates would come up to me and, and they would say, oh my God, I heard that your dad is dating Bethany's mom. I'm so sorry. That probably means you have to be around her like all the time. And with all my 14 years of maturity, I would respond with, yeah, I know, it's so gross. And then Bethany had an older brother named Robbie he w- who was a year older than us. He was slightly better liked at school uh, he was a genius. He made straight A's and he was building a computer from scratch in his bedroom. So this is what I was dealing with, guys. Um, and it was clear that neither of them liked us very much either, which kind of annoyed me a little bit. It was like, don't you understand that you are the lucky ones? Here, like we are the awesome family and you are the lame family and I just feel like you should acknowledge that but anyway I, I was keeping my fingers crossed that they would eventually go away but one day while we were folding laundry my dad said what would you think about me and Becky getting married and I said I think it's too soon we haven't even known them for very long and he nodded thoughtfully like he understood my point point. and four months later they were married Yay. At first, I tried very hard to find the benefits of having these people around. Robbie had taken my same geometry class the year before and being the organized freak that he was, he kept every single assignment in chronological order in a binder. And being Robbie, every single answer was correct. So I thought, well, here's something. I never have to do math homework again. (laughs) But I guess he started noticing that I was borrowing it every day to check my answers because he stopped me one day and he said, you know, Aaron, if you don't do the work yourself, you'll never learn. (laughs) And I was like, are you fucking kidding me right now with this? You're 15 years old, dude. It became clear that I could not peacefully coexist with these people. All the freedom and the perfect life that I'd had before was gone. There was no more air guitar after school since Bethany and Robbie were there watching me with their judging eyes. The only thing ever on our television was Bethany's favorite show, Seventh Heaven, (laughs) which is the worst show ever. I never got to go online and post a Bare naked Lady's message board anymore because Bethany and Robbie always wanted to use the computer for stupid shit like homework. <laughs> and almost every other night, Becky cooked meatloaf for dinner. I think I really believe this because she found out it was my most hated food. And my dad gave our dog Samuel away because stupid Bethany was stupid allergic. but I think the worst part was, I felt like I didn't matter anymore. I felt like, in my family, my brother had always been, you know, the adorable baby who got into mischief, and I had always been, you know, the good, smart one. But now, Bethany was the good one, and Robbie was the smart one, and I couldn't compete with either of them in their respective arenas. So, who was I in my family anymore? I wasn't really sure. I remember overhearing my dad on the phone with my grandparents, and he went on and on about Bethany's choir recital and how great she was, and, and then he went on about Robbie the mathlete and how smart he was, and then he said, oh, Erin, no, she's not really doing anything. The clincher came at Christmas. What I wanted for Christmas, more than anything, was a Fender Stratocaster this very specific blue strat hanging up in our music store that was exactly like the one Ed Robertson from the Barenaked Ladies played. (laughs) I wanted it more than anything. And my dad took me to the store and he let me try it out and I knew, I just knew that from the way that he was smiling that he was definitely going to get it. And Christmas morning it was there under the tree. Unfortunately, it was also attached to a card that said, To Robbie. I know, right? (laughs) And it was then that I realized that though the smart role and the good role were both taken in my family, there was one vacancy still available. (laughs) The role of the complete and total fucking asshole. (laughs) And I'd assumed it immediately. (laughs) I started drinking and swearing and sort of just being a general dick. I once redecorated Bethany's bedroom with Oreo cookies. I egged my own house once, (laughs) literally, with eggs from my own refrigerator. (laughs) And all of this obviously just made the situation worse. It just made Bethany look better and Robbie look smarter and both of them ultimately more appealing than I was. And then came the day when we got our interim report cards. Over the past few months as I'd, um, I guess you would call it a downward spiral that I was going through. My GPA had gradually fallen from straight A's to the point where I was failing a bunch of classes and making C's and D's and the rest. And I was just sitting there looking at my report card and thinking about how it would compare to Bethany and Robbie's. And I decided that what would be a really great idea, what would really make me feel better, would be to light my interim report card on fire in a kitchen pot in a symbolic gesture of my rebellion. It created a little bit more smoke than I thought it would. Because after a minute, my dad and Becky were knocking on my bedroom door in their bathrobes, asking if I'd started a fire. I tried to deny it at first, but the presence of smoke in my room was sort of hard to deny. So I got out the pot and I showed it to them and I miserably admitted that I'd set my report card on fire because of my feelings of inadequacy. And somehow I hadn't realized until exactly that moment how stupid it sounded. I still remember my dad looked at me dumbfounded and said, you ruined this pot. <laughs> anyway, somehow it got around school over the next few weeks that not only had I set a fire, but that I had been attempting to burn my house down, which I think we can all now agree was a gross exaggeration, right? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> I never really corrected anyone though, because I had to make a choice about whether it was less embarrassing to have everyone think I was a psychopath or to have everyone think I was emo. And (laughs) psychopath was the clear choice. I knew it was Robbie who had told everyone because no one would ever listen to Bethany. And I knew it was Becky who had told him, but I wasn't sure which one of them had lied but maybe it didn't really matter. We're all grown up now and Robbie didn't become a rocket scientist, he's an IT guy in Indiana. And Bethany didn't become a missionary like she always talked about. She got married when she was 20 and she still lives in Ohio and she's got like a bazillion kids. (laughs) No offense to anyone with a bazillion kids, they're lovely. But somehow they just don't seem that intimidating anymore although their mother still has not spoken to me for the past 10 years, which makes holidays and family get-togethers weird since she is still married to my dad. Uh, Last Christmas, I was in charge of beverages at my grandma's dinner, and since Becky's not speaking to me, she never answered my question about what she wanted to drink, so she just sat there without a beverage the entire time. (laughs) But uh, even though it's annoying and weird, I won't be starting any fires over it anytime soon. Thank you. The How I Learn series is created, produced, and hosted by me, Blaze Ellison Kearsley, and the podcast is produced by Lyra Smith. For more podcasts and to learn more about upcoming shows, visit www.howilearnseries.com. And that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the How I Learn Series podcast. Thanks for listening.